Hi, Deanna. <laughs> Me attempting to start this podcast. Hello, Hannah. Hello. Hello. What is happening to you? I don't know, but it's hot. I'm too close to the pop filter. It's like refracting my breath heat back on me. Good. That'll teach you. Are you a good witch or a bad bitch? Bad bitch. Bad bitch. I've been a rebel all my life. We will not remain hidden figures. We have names. Oh, if it's naughty to ruse your lips, shake your shoulders, shake your hips, and let a lady confess I want to be there. I didn't kid you, did I? Well, now you know. Hi, Deanna. What's up? Um, you're crazy right now. You're crazy. It's making me crazy. Your crazy's making me crazy. I just bought a coffee bean that's called Jamaican Me Crazy. That's perfect for you. <laughs> Except for I'm not Jamaican. But. Well, fair. It does sound really delicious. It's got, it's, uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Welcome to Good Witches, Bad Bitches. Welcome. This is a weekly podcast that is feminist-leaning, feminist-minded, and we talk about feminine folks. Thanks. Damn straight. Bye. Done and done. So we talk about women and our listeners also talk about women. They tell us about women. Yes, they do. And we get lots of really cool emails from you guys. So I wanted to read you a couple before. That's a cool intro. We dive in. Yeah. Because there are some really cool women that I, the the thing that sucks about it just being you and I and just doing one episode a week is that we're never going to get to all of the amazing people out there. No, there's only so many weeks in a year and so many years in our lives. Exactly. Who knows? So bless you, listeners, who know about cool people and tell us about them. Because now we can tell you guys what you've told us. That was really... We can read your shit back to you. That's what I'm trying to say. Thank you very much. So um, this one is from... I'm just going to read a couple, but this one is from Nina. Hi. And her subject, the subject of this email's topic suggestion, Tuv Jansen. And I know about her because I used to work in a bookstore, a children's bookstore specifically, but I didn't know any of these things about her. So she writes, I wanted to suggest that you add the wonderful Tuv Jansen because the world should know what an amazing woman she was. She was born a few years before Finnish independence. She was a professional artist, a bisexual, and the writer and illustrator of The Moomins. Have you ever heard of the Moomins? No, but when was Finnish independence? I do not know. Cool. I, why don't you look that up while I finish reading this? Uh, which is probably the most known Finnish thing in the entire world, cementing her as one of the most famous Finnish artists. And we sold the Moomins books at uh, Books of Wonder when I worked there. She is often remembered as a kindly old woman, but she wrote about bohemian characters who combine psychological astuteness with a childlike sense of wonder, and she decided never to marry because that would have turned her into either a poor painter or a poor wife, and she wanted to be neither. 1917. Thank you very much. Regardless of whether y'all do tough, I'm looking forward to all of your future episodes. Nina. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. What the Moomins? The Moomins have so if I if I pull up a picture of the Moomins, I think you will possibly recognize them because they're a character. They're characters in a series of like children's books, basically. Okay. And um, they 
look like this. Oh, uh, yes, I do know them. They're kind of round and they have... They look like like almost hippos, but yeah. not quite. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like sweet hippos. Sweet little hippos. And um, they've done some movies, um, some like animated movies, obviously, but they're just... They're really cool characters that are still around today, and you can see them in children's books. So, Tuv Jansen, she was awesome, and I did not know any of those things about her. And maybe we can do a more in-depth episode about her at some point, which would be really cool. But just in case we can't, I wanted to read that little snippet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So this next email is from Jesse. The subject is Juliet Hampton Morgan. She writes, hey, guys, I think you should do an episode on Juliet Hampton Morgan. This lady is from Montgomery, Alabama, and she used her white privilege to publicly support the bus boycotts and the civil rights movement in general. And we did an episode a couple of months ago, I think, at this point about Georgia Gilmore, who helped fund the bus boycott with her food. It was in February. Okay, so I will link to that episode in our show notes as well. Um, She was amazing. But um, Juliet would write letters to the editor, frequently commenting on the state of Montgomery and calling out officials. Sadly, this got her fired from her job at the library and... At the library? uh Uh-huh. Due to, one, losing her job, and two, constantly being harassed and threatened by white supremacists, she took her own life. Oh. We featured her in a new uh, devised work by Tessa Carr of Auburn University... There is, she says, I highly recommend her biography, Journey Toward Justice, Juliet Hampton Morgan, and the Montgomery Bus Boycott. And she includes a link to the book, so I will also include that. And she says, um, she says, go read some of her letters that got published because some of them are yes. savage in the best way. That sounds awesome. Have a great day, Jesse. Thanks, Jesse. Thank you, Jesse. That's, no, I have never heard of her, and that sounds like a story that I at least want to go read more about. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I will include the link to that book in our show notes as well. But, yeah, I just thought that was really cool. And we have a few more emails from people, but I didn't read them because I'm considering doing some of the people they've suggested. If we don't end up doing that. Yep. So if we don't end up doing that, then um, I will read those emails as well. Are you a good witch? Or a bad bitch? Let us know by becoming a patron on on our our Patreon. Patreon. (laughs) Oh, no. Patreon is a service that helps content creators like ourselves keep the ship going and make sure that we're able to cover all the costs that uh, come along with doing our podcast. And the more patrons we get, hopefully the more content we can start creating exclusively for patrons. Yes. So if you are interested in something like that, please become a patron so that we can start creating that content for you. Also, when you become a patron, you will get a shout out on our podcast and we will thank you personally on air. How exciting is that? Very exciting. Yeah, yeah. You can find us at patreon.com slash podcast. All right. Are we ready? We ready for this? Well, you told me earlier that I wasn't. I don't think you are. You are not. Deanna, 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 Hannah, (laughs) Deanna, Hannah, today I'm going to tell you about stagecoach Mary Fields. 
Does this name ring a bell for you? Is she a thief? No, she is not. Um, I learned about her, I first learned about her in, I think, 2016, when Mackenzie Lee, who wrote Gentleman's Guide to Vice and Virtue, first did a hashtag bygone badass broads Mm -hmm. about Mary Fields. And so I've had her sort of in the back of my mind since then. And this week I was thinking I really wanted to do someone from the Old West. That's so funny because I was thinking about that a few episodes ago and then opted yeah. not to. Oh. Remember? Uh, No, don't, not really. Well, because I said I was looking at doing Calamity Jane. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. Well, and there are so many women from that era. Yeah, well, and they you had know? to be, they just inherently had to be badass to even survive. Yes, they did. And um, they especially did when they were black. What? This woman, I swear to God, she, I've just, ugh, I can't believe I haven't done her yet. So some of my sources are Wikipedia, badassoftheweek.com, um, which is written by Ben Thompson. And I just. I've I, used that. I've used that website. Have you? Mm-hmm. I love, I love the way he writes some things. So I'm going to steal some of his. I'm going to steal his intro. a ton. Yes. I'm going to steal his intro. And um, I also got info from history.com and history.historynet.com historynet.com so uh ben thompson of badass of the week says up until her death in 1914 at the age of 82 old west badass quote stagecoach mary fields had a standing bet at her local saloon five bucks and a glass of whiskey said she could knock out any cowboy in cascade montana with a single punch <laughs> After the third or fourth dumb asshole tried to take her up on it, nobody had the balls to do it ever again. Because she succeeded every time? Mm-hmm. A mysterious, don't fuck with me woman, too badass for a backstory, best guesses say that Stagecoach Mary was born on or around 1832 in Hickman, Tennessee. She was um, a slave at that point. She was born into slavery, and so that's partially why we don't have a ton of information about her birth. Right. Um, Although up until her death, the date itself was such a mystery that the town of Cascade, Montana, closed their schools and businesses to celebrate her birthday whenever the hell this hard-drinking, hard-smoking, hard-swearing Frontiers woman told them to. I feel like I'd be friends with this woman. Uh, Maybe. if she. I might be scared of her. (laughs) Yeah. I'd be, like, too intimidated to ever go say hi if I saw a woman like her in the bar. Yeah. This celebration happened, on average, about twice a year. Usually once around March and again sometime in October. We know that she spent the first 30 years of her life as a slave in Hickman County, Tennessee, and that she had spent some time working on a Mississippi steamboat as a laundress. But aside from all that rolling on the river stuff and a stint as a carpenter in Toledo, Ohio, all we can truly be certain of is that this six-foot-tall, 200-pound bulldozer of a woman rolled into the rough-and-tumble frontier town of Cascade in 1884 with a six-shooter and a flask of whiskey in her work apron, a well-worn 10-gauge shotgun on her lap, and a home-rolled cigar clenched between her teeth. Just daring anyone to fuck with her or look at her funny or give her one reason to break his face into bone splinters with an iron-fisted right hook. Can I please be in the movie that gets made of her life just as another (laughs) six-foot-tall 
200 pound woman yeah you can be one of the one of the members of the town of cascade montana but one who, who loved her. her they all loved her <gasps> i know yes okay then I'm i know i want to be in it she would uh go on to be the toughest goddamn mail carrier what you would ever want to meet hence uh, the name stagecoach uh, right uh-huh. okay a montana legend and the sort of over-the-top head-crushing ass kicker that forged the great american west yeah how great is that opening i just was like i need to steal that <laughs> so good I dare you to fuck it walked in with a big fucking cigar in her mouth uh-huh and a flask of whiskey in her hand hand rolled cigar she used to hand roll her own cigars and they were so bitter and weird that no one else wanted to fucking smoke them she was the only one who could bear to smoke her own cigars <laughs> Because she was just that badass. But also she like rolled into town. I love when we talk about women who like didn't hit their stride until later in life. Like not to mm-hmm. say that she didn't have things going for her, But like that's insane. I'm 30 that she was a slave until she was 30 mm-hmm. and then started to try and figure out how to have a real life. Yep. Yeah, because after the Civil War, she was free. free life. And, and that is when her story starts to become a little bit clearer to us. Yeah. Um. Many former slaves headed north to friendlier territory after the war, and so did Mary, who seems to have gone up the Mississippi, Mississippi River, working on riverboats and acting as a servant and laundress for families along the way. She ended up in Ohio, living a life that was well outside the norm, in a convent. It's possible that she followed a family friend or a woman who worked for uh, she worked for up there, but either way, she ended up working for a convent in Ohio. Whoa. The religious community, which still exists today, was serene and disciplined. There, Mary Fields worked as a groundskeeper. Her gruff style and penchant for cursing raised eyebrows for the quiet, <laughs> quiet convent. When asked how her journey to Toledo was, she reportedly told one of the nuns that she was ready for, quote, a good cigar and a drink. That sounds like those were her two big uh-huh. like, pleasures in uh-huh. life. Yep. Historical records show that the nuns complained often about her volatile temper and her difficult nature. The, uh-huh. Those sweet little nuns. <laughs> was, I know, but they kept her around. Like, they clearly appreciated all of the things she did around because she was also Just, a like, carpenter oh, for them. Yes. Like, she fixed their shit. She maintained their lawn. It'd be like me just being like, fuck, in the middle <laughs> yes. of my shed. And they'll be like, oh, go- oh, goodness. All we can do is complain. Goodness but- gracious. She's vulgar. <laughs> yeah. uh, according to historian D. Garceau Hagen, one nun remembered Mary's wrath when anyone disturbed her lovingly kept grounds, saying, quote, God help anyone who walked on the lawn after Mary had cut it. Uh, Fields also tussled with the nuns over her wages, behavior that would have shocked white women who expected African-Americans to be well-behaved and subservient. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Though she struggled to adjust to sheltered life at the convent, which, you know, she was the kind of personality that I just can't, I can't believe she spent so much of her life working in a convent because of who she was. Um, But she did make a friend. Mother Amadeus Dunn. The convent's mother superior. Dang. Mm-hmm. Known for her fearlessness and charisma, Dunn was called to missionary work by her bishop and headed to Montana, where she founded an Ursuline convent there in 1884. Ah. Uh-huh. Um, there she assisted Jesuit priests who were starting schools for children of the Blackfeet Nation, which obviously has its own problems. 
But in 1885, Fields got word that the beloved nun was gravely ill in Montana and she headed out to Cascade to help nurse her back to health. Buh. I know. I know. She was like, oh, my God, Mother Amadeus is sick. I will be there in however many days it takes. It's so sweet. Like, that was kind of. This gruff woman. Mm hmm. Yeah. These two women had this this friendship, this beautiful friendship that just uh, transcended uh, all of their other personality things and the religious aspect and all well, of that. Well, you never know. I feel like you have to be super tough to become a mother superior. Oh, yeah. In the like, Wild West, especially. Yeah. Just I feel like a lot of a lot of nuns can be very gruff. Yes. In general. But to become like HBIC nun. <laughs> yeah. That takes a lot of uh, 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 um, intensity, I think. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. And they clearly got on very well and probably because of some of that. Yeah. Um, Mother Amadeus recovered and Fields. Yay! Yeah. Fields stayed in Montana with her, hauling freight, doing laundry, growing vegetables, tending chickens, and repairing buildings at the convent, and eventually became the forewoman. Oh. Mm hmm. Okay. But though she faithfully served the nuns in the harsh, sparsely populated community, news of her subversive behavior reached the bishop who raised Uh serious concerns about her habits of drinking, smoking, shooting guns, and wearing men's clothing. I love that the qualification (laughs) of wearing men's clothing just meant wearing practical clothing Uh in the Wild West to be able to actually do Get around? Yeah. Do things? Anything? Yeah. I know. Oh, man, you're wearing pants! Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, well, how else am I supposed to ride a horse places? I know. I'm not going to ride side saddle. I'm not a fucking, like, delicate lady. No. And if I'm not a delicate lady, I have to wear pants. What am I going to do? I know. Well, and I'm six feet tall and, like, I'm broad and I'm muscular. Like, come on. Yeah. Men's clothes maybe make more sense for my build just because it's so much more comfortable. You know? I do. Uh, when Fields and the convent's male janitor pointed guns at one another during an argument, it was the final straw. And there's a legend. I'm not, it's, there's no like confirmation about whether this is actually true, which is the case for a lot of stories about her. Um, A lot of stories about a lot of people in the Wild West, but especially like women get mythologized. Yes. She has absolutely been mythologized in a way that makes it hard for me to tell what's real and what isn't sometimes. Um, But they said, they say that she shot him in the ass. And that that was that was the final straw was that she shot the janitor in the ass. And this is the first time that's happened on our podcast. Someone got shot in the ass. No, someone got shot in the dick. Mm. Remember, it was the the, the lady kingpins of. In, oh, in Sydney. that's right. One of them shot a dude in the dick. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, that's funny. Uh, yeah. I'm yeah. Sure it's not that funny to our male listeners. No. Well, and Mary or Fields. Our listeners with dicks. Yeah, sorry, listeners with dicks. Um, We appreciate you, too. Um, We hope you don't get your dicks shot off. (laughs) So Mary was kicked out of the convent, obviously. She was um, had to figure out what to do. So she did a bunch of things. Like, she knew how to do laundry, so she did some laundry side jobs. She apparently started two restaurants that both failed, unfortunately, because she had a tendency to give out a lot of free meals. Because she was just altruistic, even though she was 
tough and had this exterior of like, don't fuck with me. Right. Um, so yeah, she, she became very well known in Cascade, Montana for liking liquor and gunfights. But the tough reputation paid off. Because in 1895, she got a contract from the Postal Service to become a star route carrier, um, which was an independent contractor who carried mail using a horse and wagon, not a stagecoach, despite the nickname. And the horse and wagon was donated to her by Mother Amadeus. Ladies looking out for one another. That's right. That's right. And the job suited Fields to a T. As a star carrier, her job was to protect the mail on her route from thieves and bandits and to obviously deliver the mail. She was only the second woman in the United States and the first African-American woman to serve in that role. Really? Mm-hmm. And at the time, from what I understood as I was doing my research, um, delivering mail was like a freelance gig uh, clearly which you know is insane to me yeah and you basically you you bought the route and then you got money for delivering all the mail and getting From it who? i'm not sure okay. i don't remember who who was doing all the paying if it was the people of the town or government or huh. what but you got paid for doing it and you got paid for doing it at a you know you got paid for getting it there in one piece and safe right. from bandits and safe from everything else. Okay. Um, so she came to be nicknamed Stagecoach Mary. And she carried a rifle and a revolver. She met trains with mail and then drove her horse and wagon over rocky, rough roads and through snow and inclement weather. Um, I also found a story. Again, I'm not sure how true this was, but this was one of the legends that came out you. of I'm this. There is a story about her fending off a pack of wolves on the tr- on the road all night long. And though the, <laughs> yeah, like she just, it was a pack of wolves and I can't remember how she um, got rid of them. They real hungry. But yeah, she, the end of the story goes that she saved all the mail except a jug of molasses and that she was delivering mail to the convent and the bishop took the jug of molasses out of her pay. Even though she had, like, defended all of the mail from these hungry wolves all night. Cool. Yeah. Super fun. Thanks, Bishop. Whatever. Men are Bishop great. Bishop asshole. Yeah. Whatever. Mother Amadeus wouldn't have done that. No. <laughs> um, Bishop ass face. Bishop ass Bishop face. Bishop dick weed. Though she intimidated would-be thieves with her height and her tough demeanor... She became beloved by the locals who praised her generosity and her kindness to children. Yeah, big women ain't that scary. No, they, they fucking adored her, which is the only reason I can think that they would put on a townwide birthday party for her twice a year. Why would she have a birthday party twice a year? Because she's like, hey, bitches, it's my birthday. Let's celebrate. I say it's my birthday, so it's my birthday. They do it once well, in March and once in October. S- <laughs> Wait, that does, that's not even every six months. <laughs> It's five months between October and March. She didn't know when she was born. So she was guesstimating. And she was like, well, it could have been March. And it could have been October. Cool, let's drink! And so everybody gathered and they had a town-wide celebration a for her birthday. party. Mm-hmm. All right. There was a standing order from the mayor to saloons all over Cascade to serve her any time she wanted. Even though there was a no women allowed rule. That's 
fucking cool. In saloons? Yeah, the only women who were allowed in saloons were sex workers. So she was the only woman allowed to enter saloons in Montana and drink whatever she wanted. For free? Um, or was it just a dispensation of the rule? I think it was a dispensation of the rule, but I think she did get a lot of free booze. I would hope so. Yeah. Yep. So for eight years, Mary Fields protected and delivered the mail. Eventually, her age and her lifestyle caught up with her, and she retired in 1901 and opened a laundry service in Cascade. She was nowhere done, nowhere near done being a badass, though, if any of the stories are true. For example, one time Mary was at the saloon playing poker and drinking whiskey when suddenly she heard a voice outside the saloon that caught her attention. It was some guy who'd gotten his laundry done but had not paid his bill. Oh, hell no. And he was either bragging about it or making fun of her. Either way, at this point, she's 72 years old, and she calmly excused herself from the card table, walked outside, grabbed him by his shoulder, spun him around, and flattened him with one punch. Then she leaned over the guy's completely crumpled body in the middle of the street and calmly told him that the pleasure she had just derived from hitting him in the face was far more enjoyment than she'd ever get from the two bucks that he owed her. So they would just call it even. (laughs) How old was she? 72. 72 year old Mary Fields laying this fucking asshole out with one punch and saying, don't bother paying me. That was more fun. That was worth it. That was worth it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God damn it. 72? Yeah. And this is one of my favorite parts. When Mary wasn't cleaning clothes and or, you know, punching people out, she babysat all the kids in town whenever their parents needed her to babysit. She was the town babysitter. Well, because they knew their children were safe. (laughs) That's fucking right. Anybody who wanted to come try and kidnap them would get laid out. Yep, they were all safe with her. She became friends with Gary Cooper, which was AFI's 11th greatest male film legend of all time, apparently. Um, She got free food and booze wherever she went and went to every single home game in the Cascade baseball team that the Cascade baseball team ever played. She went to all their baseball games. She Cascade? I just looked it up. It's still a tiny town. That's so funny. It's just this little itty bitty fucking old west place. But it's by a river. Oh. Well, yeah. I bet that's helpful. Yeah. Uh, the Missouri River. Look at that. It's an address there. Oh. It's gorgeous. It's pretty. Yeah. God, Montana, Montana is so beautiful. Is gorgeous. I just... Uh, it is upsetting. If it weren't so, if it weren't so dark for so much of the year, I feel like it would be more fun to live there. But mm. it's a lot like Spokane. It, it just gets dark. Um, according to local sources, she would give flowers from her garden to any player who hit a home run, bah. and rain a hellacious fury of fire and brimstone, profanity-laced horribleness on any unlucky umpires who made bullshit infield fly rule calls against the home team. Despite her gruff exterior, Mary was also kind-hearted, as we know, and so beloved by the town of Cascade that when her home burned down in the fire of 1912, everyone in town got together and built her a new one. This is such a weird, like, happy ending story for a black woman in this era. I know, I know. Especially an unconventional one that's not conforming to gender norms. 
Yep. Who's this is crazy. I know. I know. I love this story. Um, after a life that was far more exciting than anything most people will probably ever experience, stagecoach Mary Fields finally died of, surprise, liver failure in 1914. <laughs> she all lived, that drinking. All that fucking drinking. She lived to be 82. No small feat considering she fought wolves, trudged through freezing rain, drank hard, brawled harder, revolted against every cultural stereotype the planet had to offer, and routinely punched out cowboys half her age. (laughs) Oh, because of scant records and the temptation to create Wild West legends out of ordinary people, many facts about her life are still fuzzy, and many of the stories that we know are possibly fabrications, or at the very least, you know, made bigger than they were. Yeah. What is clear is that her real-life persona was extraordinary enough to draw plenty of attention on its own. Mary Fields didn't need to be a myth to stand out from the crowd, but she did not mind her outsized reputation. And that is Stagecoach Mary Fields. Male carrier extraordinaire and hard-drinking, hard-fighting, convent uh, worker slash, I mean... Laundry person. my head so much in excitement from side to side that my brain feels rattled. I mean, can you believe? Can you believe that she's not? No, this all sounds fake. <laughs> it sounds fake. It's not fake. She's a real fucking person. And I desperately, desperately want a movie about her. Desperately. Yeah. Someone needs to fucking do that. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Someone hears this fucking episode and goes I'm gonna write that movie please do please be that person oh I'm begging you I'm begging whoever you are please do that okay are you ready for some on this day in history on this day in history August 28th happy birthday mom oh happy birthday it's Raina's birthday pod mom Raina oh happy birthday shit happy birthday that's fun um you your bir- you share a birthday with a lot of World War II battles that I chose not to <laughs> list here. <laughs> so I've just got some like weird random ones. Um, Sixteen oh nine, English explorer Henry Hudson quote discovers and explores Delaware Bay. All right. Um, I I only included that just because we live in New York. In New York, the Hudson River. And, yep. yep, Hudson Bay Company. Blah blah blah. 1789, William Herschel discovers Saturn's moon Enceladus. Ooh. Mm-hmm. 1884, the first known photograph of a tornado is made near Howard, South Dakota. It's a cool picture, too. Which we'll must have, have been, like, really wild for people who had never seen a tornado before and be like, yes. what the fuck? <laughs> that comes out of the sky and just, like, spins at you. And That's destroys terrifying. everything? <laughs> awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, 1981, John Hinckley Jr. pleads innocent in his potential, potentially his attempt to assassinate President Reagan. Potential? No, they know it was him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he did it for, for, for Jodie Foster. Yeah. This is the most important one. On August 28th, 1963, 200,000 people participated in a peaceful civil rights rally in Washington, D.C., where Martin Luther King, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., delivered his I Have a Dream speech in front of the Lincoln Memorial. 
Well, when you pull out Martin Luther King Jr., I was about to be like, obviously the most important was my mom's birthday. Sorry, mom, but no. <laughs> Love you, but um, it's interesting. And I was about to say, like, what birthday that was for her, but I'm not going <laughs> to. Because that would age her. Yeah, don't, don't out your mom. Um, she doesn't care. I did. I found an article, a New York Times article from the day of the I Have a Dream speech that is very interesting and I'm going to include it in the show notes because it's worth a read and it is, you know, like a lot of the stuff that we talk about on this podcast, it's oddly reflective of a lot of the things that we are still dealing with right now. Right. You know, they quote Rep. John Lewis Hmm. and some of the things he said that day and some, those are still things he's having to say now. Um, Yay! Yeah, but it's it really is interesting just to see the parallels. So I am going to include that because it's it's just super interesting. Right. Um, but otherwise, that's that. Shit! I didn't think about what I'm excited you about. You better do it. You got five seconds. Five, four, three, two, one. Well, I'm going to be going to California for a wedding. So oh, uh, that's a good one. But it's in a couple weeks from the date that this episode drops but it'll be good to go to california for the weekend mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then come back for my birthday and have alex with me oh yeah so you're gonna have alex with you when is when do you guys come back together uh the 15th the night it's an overnight it's a okay. red eye so i get back on my birthday okay i'll be going to work with like no sleep on my b-day but it's fine that's fun that's super fun. Just don't look under my skirt since I'm... I won't. Well, that sounds very exciting. Yay! I love travel. Yeah, me too. That'll be good. Okay. That's it. That's it. That's all she wrote. For the week? Yeah. All right. Hell yeah. Um, someone go write me a movie about Mary Fields. I am expecting that in my inbox in <clears throat> like two weeks, you think? That takes about, sure. yeah, about yeah. that much time? Okay. So in two weeks, I I expect someone to be sending me that script. And until then, uh, peace out, witches. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Good Witches, Bad Bitches. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Good Witches, Bad Bitches is hosted by Deanna Greif. Me. You. And you. (laughs) Hannah Ferguson. And we're produced by Benjamin Garst. Um, You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. Google Play. Google Play. Pretty much anywhere you listen to your podcasts, you can find us there. We're also on social media. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, GWBB Podcast. You can also email us at gwbbpodcast at gmail.com. We love to receive emails. If you have a story about a woman in your life that you want to hear on air, uh, shoot it over to us. We would love to read it. If you want to help keep us running, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash gwbbpodcast. (laughs) Become a patron and help us you know, pay for our hosting. Yeah, Patreon really helps content creators be able to continue to create their content. And it just kind of helps us break even on the costs of producing this podcast. And it would be really awesome if you wanted to help out. If you like it, you can be a part of it. Also, to help us out, you can rate, review, and subscribe. All of of those things are extremely helpful for us. They help other listeners find us. 
Yeah. Word of mouth, also good. Yeah. <laughs> our website is gwbbpodcast.com. You can find all of our episodes there as well as some other things bubbling out of our witchy cauldron. Good Witches, Bad Bitches is powered by Moon Bounce. Moon Bounce.